Welcome everyone to Idiots with Idioms. I am Ethan Arsh, joined as always by my partner in idiocy and co-host, Marcello De Giorgi. Today, we're talking about idioms that come from corporate advertising. So, of course, corporate advertising is a big, big part of, of society and a big, big part of language and the way we speak to one another and communicate with one another. So we wanted to do a show about uh, expressions that are very commonplace now, but started from the world of corporate advertising. So with that, I will hand it over to Marcello to get into it. Actually, before I do that, I will say, you're probably wondering why we have not released an episode in so long. So our last episode, and I know all of you are very loyal listeners who wait every day to see if a new new content has come out. And you're wondering now, gosh, why have you deprived us of a new episode of Idiots with Idioms for so many months? And I will see if Marcello wants to tell you why, or I might tell you why. We'll see. Actually, there is this, this thing called summer in which we all pretend that we are working, but we, we are not. And uh, we were not, as most of you were not working. So we tried as hard as we could to produce something, but it didn't happen. But now we are here. We're really excited to get back on track and uh, start once again with uh, n- not a new season, but you know, a new chapter of Idiots with Idiots. Right, a new chapter. And to be even more specific, we tried so hard that we even recorded this episode once before. But the episode that we recorded was so lazy and mm-hmm. so bad, we had to throw it out and start from scratch. So this is the corporate episode, take two. <laughs> take two, yeah. Take two. Uh, Second try, second bite of the apple uh, to use an idiom. So anyway, now I will let Marcello get us started with some idioms, but even one more caveat before I let, before I let him get started. So in this episode, the way we'll structure it is we will explain an idiom. And then for some of the idioms, following our explanation of the idiom, we'll play a clip of that idiom from an advertisement, or if it's a visual thing, we'll try and find uh, some print advertisement that we can release along with the episode. So uh, of course it's nicer to experience the advertisement itself and see exactly what we're talking about. So we will uh, share the advertisement um, via Instagram or other social media uh, and uh, we'll share any audio advertisement we can find uh, directly in the episode. So when it randomly cuts from us to what sounds like an advertisement from the 50s, that's because we're putting the advertisement in there for you to be able to listen to. Okay, now, finally, Marcello, kick us off with an idiom. Okay, let's go. Let's start right away with a, an idiom that I'm sure that uh, every one of you has used at least once in your, in your lifetime. Uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Of course, it is a story that comes out of uh, marketing. In fact, in the early 2000, uh, the Las Vegas Convention and Visiting Authority, along with the communication and advertising agency R&R Partners, came up with a slogan, which was only in Vegas. It had also uh, another tagline, which was, uh, what happens here stays here. 
the aim of the campaign was to attract sophisticated adults uh, to their casinos. They wanted to create a new brand for the city, and I could say that they managed to, to do it. This campaign was so popular that this expression, what happens in Vegas, stays in Vegas, has been used to create some jokes or, uh, for example, by changing the name of the, of the city. And it also being used, uh, it's quite popular, it has been used in uh, uh, several films. Uh, uh, and it really helps. It's in the hangover. Yeah, it's in the hangover. But it, of course. It really helps shaping not only the language, but the, the image of the city that we have, because it hasn't been always like that. Before this campaign, they weren't only, say, casinos and uh, nightlife, uh, but also families would go there. They wanted to attract uh, a different kind of revenue, and they came up with, the, with this idiom. I would say that between the idioms that we touched during this episode, this is one of the most popular. Oh, absolutely. As far as corporate advertising, I mean, you have to say this is among the most successful public-facing uh, PR moves and public relations. I mean, I don't know if you'd call it public relations, I guess, but like as far as in building a brand, like like everybody or many, many people are familiar with the phrase, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Las Vegas has really overhauled itself as this adult destination. I mean, it would, it kind of, it's always been an adult destination, but going from kind of a, the theme being like old West saloons at one point, And now you never associate Las Vegas with that. You'd associate it with partying and luxury and nightclubs, which of course is much more lucrative than, than the way it was in the past. So props to the folks who came up with what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I think the evidence that it's so successful is you don't have to finish the expression. It's like what when in Rome, right? You can just say what happens in Vegas and everyone knows knows uh, what what you mean. This reminds me of your porter. Yeah, if I only had one statue. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have that one. Lightly seared. Uh. Garçon. You know what? I think I'm gonna get this one. I don't think this is for sale. What? And now we have an idiom which uh, I didn't know before meeting Ethan, uh, but that I've heard him using quite a lot of time, and I hope that you will take it up for me. So it's now we're cooking with gas. This is such a good idiom. Now we're cooking with gas. And it's you never would say now we're cooking with gas. You have to say now we're cooking with gas. Uh, and of course, what it means is like now we're really doing well or now we're really getting going. So um if yeah if you're starting a project and you overcome a key initial barrier in the project you would say now we're cooking with gas uh and um what it comes from is when the gas stove was first invented and they became started to become popular in the 40s and in the 50s a little bit the 1940s and 1950s and um the gas companies did this joint advertising campaign where they paid comedians and radio hosts and even television shows and cartoons to use the expression now we're cooking with gas uh as off in their actually in their comedy routines and in their scripts um to try and make it catch on and so people would associate gas with better cooking now we can look into the scientific studies many 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 chefs say that 
gas is their preferred method of cooking, is their preferred range method for their, for their stove and for their range, they prefer gas. And on the flip side, I think there's studies that show that there's really no substantive difference and there's some negative health effects to using gas potentially uh, compared to electric or induction or whatever. So anecdotally, it seems like gas might be better quality for cooking, but no one knows why. Anyway, they got, the, they got this expression, now we're cooking with gas into a lot of uh, comedy, into a lot of media, basically. Um, and the media that we'll play here uh, in a moment on the show is actually from a uh, Daffy Duck cartoon where he goes through his usual antics and then um, at the end of the show, as the show's closing, he says, now we're cooking with gas. And it's the last thing you hear before uh, the end of the show. And it seems, I mean, we can't be sure, but there's, I, I haven't been able to find any record of it, but it seems like it's pretty clear clearly product placement like the like they they it was intentional that they put that in there uh to get it on people's televisions and get it into people's speaking now the expression has gotten less popular in the last two decades or so and maybe a little more so it showed up a lot um kind of in the up until maybe the 80s or 90s and it's been getting steadily less popular uh since then but it's still quite a common expression and still a very, very, very successful um, campaign, advertising campaign from the gas industry to get as many people as possible using natural gas stoves. Okay, we it took us a while to get back on track, but now we we're cooking with gas. We we <laughs> we, we are back. Either Swedish is back. Now, now getting a little bit more serious. Uh, I I think that in the the fact that something that came out of a marketing strategy, and in this case, you know, getting to have comedians using it, it's it is really amazing how this would become part of the usual usual language. And you wouldn't even know about it. If you want an expression to become an idiom, you, you should be ready to put a lot of money in it. Because I, I think that both Vegas and uh, the gas companies were able to put quite a lot of resources into this. If we wanted to start a discussion, if we wanted to have a discussion of, uh, you know, the philosophical or, or theoretical implications of this, one could perhaps say that capitalism can even influence not just our modes of working and acquiring money, but also even the way we speak. That would lead us, I think we will spare our listeners that conversation <laughs> for now. You're getting away with it this time and you're not going to have to listen to me have an even longer rant about, uh, about the <laughs> power of capitalism over the very essence of, of how we communicate. But it does seem to be like, if you pay for a good enough advertising campaign, you can, you can even control the way people talk to one another. If you have any examples, maybe in your language, of idioms that came out of marketing campaigns, please let us know, send us an email, write to us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We, we would really be eager to know them. And 
if you would like to sponsor an idiom on our show and give us some money to have us make your idiom popular, we will be happily replace our current official idiom. The current official idiom of idiots with idioms is uh, the Carpathian hair. I will replace it for any amount of money in a heartbeat. We, we, we will change the idiom to whatever, whatever you want it to be. So uh, Casper mattresses, hairy razors, we'll come up with something <laughs> for you and we'll, we'll change our idiom for you. So this next idiom is something that I have been called a lot. And all the times people have called me this, I never knew that it was started from a, a, a story of corporate advertising or a story of, of the corporate world. So I'll let Marcello take over and explain. So the idiom that we're going to talk about is a couch potato. Most of the time when we talk about an idiom, we always say we don't know exactly the origin. This is something that gets back to you know, ancient from. Uh, so here we have, we have almost a unicum because we know the exact date in which this idiom was coined. And it was uh, the 15th of July, 1976, when uh, Tom Lassino, uh, during a phone call with his friend Robert Armstrong, said, hey, is this the couch potato? By, by, by hearing this prank, uh, Robert Armstrong, who happened to be a cartoonist, uh, decided to turn this into a cartoon. Now let's get us. Let's take a step back. It's going to be a little bit complicated. During the 1970s, the expression "the boob tube" was used to deplore TV consumption. Now, the boob tube, uh, a tuber, is the edible part of a potato, and this is where the the joke uh, originated. Now. Uh, a couch potato, a couch tuber, is someone who would spend uh, the whole day looking at the TV, looking at the book tube. By creating a series of uh, cartoons about these uh, boob tubers, as uh, Armstrong uh, renamed uh, the, the characters, he started to, to, to spread this expression um, also because both Lassino and Armstrong uh, were members of uh, an, an, orga an organization that was against uh, uh, all the trend of uh, Californian fitness uh, uh, health movement that was also developing in the, in the 70s. And they were basically promoting the philosophy of being booktubers, uh, just sitting in front of the, the television eating junk food and having a really lazy life. The idiom became also, let's say, mainstream because they participated in different parades, uh, dressing up as these uh, tubers, and they, they basically got into the press. In this case, it was not an advertising campaign, but in a way from a cartoon through the press, they, they were able of taking a joke that was done on the phone uh, by, by complete chance uh, by, by this Lassino and making it a common expression uh, of, the, of the English uh, lexicon. Mm. 
Now let's go ahead with the last uh, idiom of this mini episode. Ethan, the floor is yours. So this is one, this, the idiom is um, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Uh, and this is an idiom where you actually may know the story behind it. Uh, it might be an urban legend. I've seen some varying interpretations, but it's commonly believed, or at least believed by many, that always a bridesmaid, never a bride started with uh, the mouthwash Listerine. So um, perhaps you, you've seen or are a customer of the Listerine mouthwash company. It's really kind of the only name brand mouthwash out there. And it was initially a, a product and is still a product to prevent bad breath and specifically halitosis. And what they had is they had an advertisement in the paper that said on it, if you're always a bridesmaid, never a bride, basically the reason is because of your bad breath. And so if you're, and if you don't want to always be a bridesmaid and never a bride, you better take uh, Listerine to avoid that. And we're going to post uh, the actual uh, advertisement, but just to pull some of the, pull some of the, the best lines from it, it says at the beginning, most of the girls of her set were married, but not Eleanor. It was beginning to look too, as if she never would be. True, men were attracted to her, but their in interest quickly turned to indifference. Poor girl, she hadn't the remotest idea why they dropped her so quickly. And even her best friend wouldn't tell her. And then it goes on to talk about uh, how effective uh, the Listerine is in stopping bad breath. So. If you don't want to be like Eleanor, this woman with bad breath, apparently, uh, you would use Listerine. And that was the beginning of the expression, often a bridesmaid, never a bride. To give credit where it's due, actually, this idiom was brought to our attention by former guest and friend of the podcast, Spriha Danuka, who you can check out her episode in episode two, uh, Buffaloes and Chickpeas. And she saw this idiom and sent it to us, which actually inspired this the premise of doing this entire show. Um, so every time you hear often a bridesmaid, never a bride, remember that it originated with a misogynist advertisement from, uh, from the Listerine company, uh, which, and this was in the 1920s that this came out. So it was quite a long time ago. Um, but since then, the expression always a bridesmaid, never a bride has been in the English lexicon. And I'll clarify that um, it can mean literally to, to always be the, the bridesmaid but never the bride at a wedding. But usually it means that you're always in second place basically, or that, that you're never never the star of the show and you're always a, a, it basically in a supporting role um, in, the, in whatever is going on. I'm a prequel of Mad Men. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. It's really like out of Mad Men. Thank you everyone for listening. This was all for this mini episode. Uh, we hope that you uh, enjoyed it, and we certainly enjoyed the being back at recording. Yeah, thanks very much for joining us, Marcello. Thank you, as always, for joining me. Um, we will see you next time, but in the meantime, please feel free to send any idioms or anything you'd like to talk about to us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We have an email address, the whole nine yards. Uh, yeah. anything you want to share with us follow us remember to subscribe rate yeah. and review home of the Carpathian hair see you next time <laughs>